Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Gorilla Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Simon, and with me, uh, back by popular demand, is Maddie. So last week you obviously had the uh, Mike was back on the podcast. He's very eager to be back and very happy to be back. Um, but he's away again on the ship. He is back on the nineteenth. Um, so myself and Mike will be recording a podcast probably next Saturday, and then we're going to try and get all three of us on a podcast either the following week or the week after that. So Mike will be back at the end of next week. But this week. We have got a fair bit to talk about in terms of movie and TV news and some new gaming stories for you. But before we start that, and if you can hear anything in the background, if you hear a bit of squeaking or uh, meow, and that's my kitten, Mikey, who's being a bit of a pest. Uh, and we are actually recording this off a phone today because we've had some technical issues with the laptop. Uh, for some reason, it's not picking up any audio Um devices which is a bit of a pain so apologies if the sound isn't as great as it has been on previous podcasts but before we uh, go on to the news stories what have you been playing a lot of maddie recently um i've been back playing destiny for bacon for um i mean i played it for 10 hours straight the other day because <laughs> you know <laughs> games are long. have you completed it yet i have completed yeah. the main story quest yeah um, oh, I've still got a few bits more to do, but um, yeah, in terms of the main story quest, we did um, Warmind in one evening, and then we went on to Forsaken. Um, well, I went on to Forsaken a few days later, and I just thought it was amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. So compared to what's the last DLC? Was that the Warmind? Um, Warmind. Sorry, um, yeah. sorry, going back to so Destiny One. Yeah. And when that got good in terms of that deal. Oh, the... Um, Taken King. Taken King, That's it. Yeah. So compared to Taken King, is it better than Taken King in terms of a story improvement? Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things I noticed with um, Warmind in particular was it was very cutscene heavy. Yeah. Um, whereas going into Forsaken, it wasn't that... That wasn't so much of an issue. Obviously, they've changed a lot, not necessarily because of Forsaken, but... Um, with the with all the updates when Forsaken was released they updated a lot of things that had kind of been missed out from going from um Taken King to Destiny 2 um and I think that it's quite evident that two different teams worked on it Mm -hmm. well it seems like two different teams worked on it it seems like one was sort of making Destiny 2 while the other um was sort of doing Forsaken and then once um, sort of the main team were doing Destiny 2 and then the yeah that's what I that is what I meant um, so once Forsaken was um, sort of being worked on it was they were able to change all the feedback that had come back from Destiny 2 mm-hmm. um, sort of the base game but also a lot of the things that were in Taken King have come over to Forsaken as well so right yeah but um, I just I just thought it was so cleverly done. Some of the adventures were really good. The way they use different like, game mechanics and the way that it's not just... You're not just fighting a boss and standing there shooting at him for his whole health bar. There's there's bits where they sort of... They, they appear and you have to do stuff and you, you take down some of their health and they disappear and then you move on to the next bit and you take down more of their health. It's... 
Um, that makes it sound a bit grindy, but it's really not. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've um, sort of fallen out of love with Destiny a little bit. I played a lot of Destiny 2 when it came out and completed the story of Destiny 2, but didn't go on to play Warmind or anything like that. If I was to jump into Forsaken, is that possible? And yeah. would I enjoy that more than doing the previous DLC? Yeah, you probably won't find that Osiris or Warmind is much in expanse in terms. It doesn't really build on the original story, mm-hmm. um, but it's an interesting sort of an aside, both of those. Um, obviously, from the original Destiny, Curse, the Trials of Osiris was a big thing. So um, having um, sort of the Osiris DLC and just exploring a little bit into that, it's interesting um, to know in the way they do the whole Osiris sort of on Mercury going to past, present and future. I found that really interesting. Warmind is a little more, um, like I say, it's very cutscene heavy and you don't really learn a lot about the world. You, it, I mean, it, it's an, it's what could have been put in a dead ghost from last game. Right, so okay. it, it could have just been a piece of lore. It didn't have to have its a full expansion. Um, but then Forsaken, yeah, it's it's miles apart. Um, so you don't need to have played the other ones, but okay. they are interesting. All right. And um, what's the oh, what's that new mode? The um, oh Gambit. Gambit. How's Gambit? Gambit's amazing. Um, although it is also frustrating. Yeah. Um, I was finding that we were, um, when I was playing it, sort of the teams seemed to be even, evenly matched right up until the primeval, and then all of a sudden the other team's primeval just died incredibly quickly compared to um, sort of our team. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that was just the team that we were working on or what mm. and also if you play against the clan you've got no chance right um because obviously they were working together and i mean yeah. you get the same in the original uh, in crucible but yeah it's a lot more evident because of the way they work together mm. um but yeah mm. we'll see and I've, I've seen like the reviews are very very positive mm. and uh speaking to a few friends of i went to uni with who play a lot of destiny 2 they're really impressed with, and they yeah. say it's like steps in the right direction. My friend Chris, his only concern is they've done this before, where they've stepped, like with um, uh, Taken King, and then when it got to Destiny 2, things sort of slid off a cliff again. Well, this is, yeah, this, this is, is what I concern. mean. Yeah, this is what I meant with them, the whole two different teams thing, because it seems like a team made Destiny, and another team started working on the Taken King, and they made all their changes and lifestyle improvements, and while they were working on the Taken King, the original team were working on Destiny 2, and they weren't clearly weren't communicating over what was working and what wasn't. Mm. So then Destiny 2 comes out, and it feels like a step backwards, because the team that worked on Taken King didn't work on Destiny 2, they worked on... Oh, right. yeah, if yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah that's yeah. what it seems like anyway obviously i've got no confirmation to say that that is... i think i've did i've heard that before though that they that's the issue that's why that's, they have the issues lot, they have yeah. yeah that's what a lot of people say in terms of like developers working on um like games alongside each other and things mm. like that that tends to be how it goes is that there's two teams one works on one bit and one works on the other yeah I mean, I did look at sort of um, getting into say. I think what I will do is probably wait till early next year once 
you know, the, sh- the big holiday season dies down and I've played a lot of more Red Dead and mm-hmm. kind of tried the Red Dead online, I might try and get back into it. It's just very, not ex- it is expensive looking at Forsaken because you have to, I think it's like 50 odd quid by the look when I went um, on the store. So you can buy Fors- Forsaken on its own is thirty nine ninety nine, right. but if you get, um, if you pay, I think it's either 54 or 59 you get the expansion. Um, the three... It's called the annual pass. And right, okay. It, they said there's three extra. Okay, um, it might be worth just saving up. This is a DLC coming out. The thing is, one of, one of the things that um, they complained about before, or a lot of people complain about with like DLCs and stuff, is that if you don't buy it, then you get locked out of it. Especially right. like a game like Destiny, where the idea is for you to keep coming back. Yeah. Um, but the one of the things they've done is they've released... Um, sort of a roadmap for the next um, three DLCs, but alongside it, they've also put what the free stuff is going to be as well. So, mm-hmm. um, for example, in December, um, the annual pass content is called Black Armory, um, which is called Discover Weapons of Light and Fury, add the Black Armory's treasure to your legend. Now, if you don't want to buy the seasonal a season part or the annual pass, as it's called, the seasonal update is called Season of the Forge, um, right. and it's got heavy machine guns, new weapons, new crucible, iron banner, gameplay update, seasonal ranks, and the dawning, which is, um, I can't remember what the well the dawning is um, the Christmas event. Right. Okay. So and and they're doing that December, spring, and summer. Um, they do they that's their three pieces of content in the annual pass. Okay. Um, but they've also got alongside it what's coming to if you're not buying the annual pass, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, well, there you go. So success though in terms of story you you've enjoyed your place. I really enjoyed it and yeah. I mean there was some things um it's it's frustrating <laughs> because there's some things that are in t- taken that were in Taken King that that have come back in this game and none of my friends have played it, so I cannot oh, have that conversation. That. <laughs> the one person that's played Forsaken never played Original Destiny, so uh, I can't even talk with him about it, which is uh, frustrating. But yeah, so yeah, um definitely if you if you love Destiny you you've been sort of itching to get back in, this looks like a good um time to get back into uh, Destiny with this new DLC and with the uh, new Gambit mode as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, fantastic. One thing I did want to talk about, actually, we went somewhere in September, which we didn't get to talk about yes, sort of up to yeah. now, was RTX. Oh, my goodness. And it was amazing. I, we've both never been to RTX. Um, I've the, never been to a convention before. Never been to a convention. So I've been to EGX a couple of times, and um, me and Mike talked about our experience of EGX on the last podcast, so go back and listen to that one if you want to hear mm-hmm. a bit more about uh, EGX. Um, but RTX is very different. It's um, EGX, I'd say, is more sort of um, uh, so how, how would I describe it? More sort of consumer. Yeah, you know, it's more people showing off the latest yeah. games, and you get to try them out. Whereas RTX was more of a convention where you get to meet. Um, it's rooster teeth for the main sort of organisers. Yeah. Um, but we were there to see um, the people that set up Kind of Funny, which is something that we follow online. So there's Greg. There was Greg Miller, mm. who's like CEO. You've got Tim Gettys, and then um, and Andy Cortez, and we got to meet them. Yes, we did. That was amazing. So we went up on was it the Friday before to the meeting? Yeah, meet and we greet. went to the yeah. Friday meeting greet, and then we went to the convention across the weekend. 
And it was really interesting because having not previously been a consumer of Rooster Teeth content, I now consume a bit more. I now subscribe to Rooster Teeth first because I was quite impressed with some of the stuff I saw um, and also some of the... Um, they had what was called Centre Stage and it was basically four PCs set up on the stage so they could play games and they had Forza Horizon because obviously this was back when, before Forza was released. They had um, Tomb Raider was there, they had PUBG there as well and they had different Rooster Teeth personalities up on the stage at nearly all times mm. entertaining the crowd and it was kind of like you could stand or sit and watch them. Yeah for a while or you could just sort of mill about the convention centre and spend lots of money in the unstable unicorns booth. <laughs> Which you did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what I found, especially the meet and greet, the, the day before we went to the actual convention, was just, it was surreal because, mm. you know, you'd, we consume the content for years up to that point. It was a couple of years, probably, yeah, almost yeah. three years for me. And I'd watched Greg Miller on IGN before that anyway. So actually meeting them face to face, was was weird, but oh, they were yeah. so down to earth and so normal. And they're not celebrities in that sort of sense. They are to us, I guess, in terms of if you would say a celebrity with someone. I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, they're internet. But they're just journalists, essentially. They're internet personalities, but they are journalists. They are normal people. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, they. I mean, what did they say? They were there for like five hours, or something like that. What on the on the meet meeting meet group? And, group, and yeah. to do that, and uh, there was yeah, there was quite a few of us in that Nando's. Oh my god, there's literally <laughs> hundreds people yeah um, but they were so friendly and, and and so nice and then we went and saw their panel on the, the following sunday and yeah. that was fantastic was as well amazing, yeah. um but for you maddie what was that like because i know you were really nervous about but then i mean good... yeah i mean i went into it very nervous and quite concerned because i mean I'm, I'm a nervous person anyway um but sort of everyone was so welcoming and so friendly and the thing was that at no point did I feel kind of out of place, especially with the kind of funny best friends, as they're called. It was very much a case of just, like, they'd see you in a kind of funny T-shirt and be like, oh, hey. So, yeah. And they'd just start talking to you like you'd known them months at that point. So it was, yeah, it was really nice. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It was really, it was really enjoyable weekend. Mm. It was over too quick, and I can't wait for next year. Yes, I really hope they. Um, I, mean, I think I think yeah, it will come back next year. I think. I think, the thing I think it was more of a success than they thought it was going to be yeah. in terms of how many people turned out for them, and the response they got. So. I think the thing is, I think I'd go back again, even if they weren't there. Yeah. That's how much I enjoyed it. And uh, sort of yeah, I mean, like you say, meeting other pe- meeting other best friends. So there was a group of us I know. Corey, who organised it, mm-hmm. um, was fantastic, and all the work he put in. But he's doing a um, uh, 24-hour extra life stream, so I've said that yeah. I'm up for going to that. And I think we're all going to try and meet in December yeah. at at the um, at the Hollywood Bowl in O2. Yeah. So that'll be awesome as well. So um, it's nice to sort of have those other connect those connections within mm-hmm. the community, and that's what you know. Um, Greg and Andy, Tim and, and Nick and all the people that kind of finally set up and kind yeah. of that was their goal and they they more than achieved that, yeah. um, which was fantastic. I like the fact when they got the uh, the birthday cake oh, yeah. for the yeah. anniversary and yeah, that was, that was really nice. Uh, but yeah, RTX, um, if you've never been somewhere like that, highly recommend it. EGX, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not well, you heard mine and Mike's uh, views on last week's podcast. It's not terrible, but it just seems year on year it doesn't get any better and you pay more money. Mm. So it's... Um, 
it's a bit weird. And this was their 10-year anniversary, and they made no thing about it at all, which was yeah. really even more weird. Um, but you'd think that would be a thing. Uh, in terms of what I've been playing, so I've been playing a bit of Assassin's Creed. Uh, me and Mike got it on the um, share, uh, game share on Xbox. It's good. Um, I, loved, I loved Origins. It's better than Origins in terms of it's a bit more colourful. The colour palette's a lot better. Um, the mission structure is a bit uh, is better. The story seems actually a lot more compelling. And the combat has definitely been improved. And they've added these RPG elements. So there's like dialogue choices. They don't really do a lot. I think the end game is going to always be the same. But it, it's quite nice to have that. And it is... I mean, it says Assassin's Creed. But so far, I don't know where the Assassin's Creed bit comes from in the story. Uh, I think it's just... Um, they've just slapped that name on because it will sell copies. It seems to be very... It's veering quite far away from that but then necessarily mean that's a bad thing because if you didn't like that part of assassin's creed you'll probably like this more mm. um like black flag was more of a pirate game than a, yeah. an assassin's creed game and yeah it, it's good it still suffers from that ubisoft grind of you feel like you're just doing missions to get high level and it mm. doesn't feel compelling in that sense and there's areas of the map that are like high level like there was in origins and that mm. can be a little bit off-putting um, but I'll, I'm definitely going to try and complete it. And like I say, I'm a bit more engaged with this one than I was with um, Origins. Uh, and the other game I've been playing a lot of is Forza Motorsport. No, Forza Horizon 4, and it is fantastic. It's mm. really, really good. Um, in terms of England, I think a lot of people, Mike was saying to me, is it the whole of England? I'm like, no, it's, it's like the northern part of England. Yeah, it's like um, when they did like Italy and... Yeah. Um, I can't remember the other ones. But yeah, but it's it's, um, it's really good. It's uh, the season uh, system works really well, where you go from like spring, summer, winter. That works. And it makes all the roads, uh, all the races feel very different to each other. Bless you. Uh, all the races feel different to each other. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good so far. Um, really enjoy. It. I just want to unlock the James Bond um, car pack at some point and mm. try that out. But um, yeah, Forza um, Horizon Motorsport. Uh, sorry, Forza Horizon Four recommended it especially if you like the third one um, i can't wait to see what sort of dlc they release because mm. they had um blizzard mountain on the third one and then they had the hot wheels dlc yeah. which is awesome so i really hope there's something similar to that um in the near future uh, but that's all i've been told doing really mm. uh in terms of news stories so we might do this podcast like i say we've had a bit of issue with the laptop so there may be no music intros on this podcast it may mm. just be a straight talking podcast um, so should we go on to some news stories yeah. from the gaming sphere? Yeah. I've kept it fairly light because obviously I don't know what you guys talked about last week. Um, we talked a lot about uh, Red Dead. Fair <laughs> um, but I've kept it fairly light. Yeah. Um, but obviously the big news um, this week is PlayStation finally made the announcement that everyone has been waiting for and pleading for over yes. the years. The ability to change PSN names. Um, so it's coming for all users early next year. Um, however, there are some caveats to the experience. Um, so the big question is that not all games will support name change adjustments. Only games released after April 1st, 2018 are guaranteed to work with the name chains, mm. while a selection of other games to be revealed later will work with it. Um, PlayStation has also noted very specifically that not all PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita games and applications will work with this process. It, they also announced, they also confirmed that some of this incompatibility may lead to issues with name changes, and so players may have to revert back to their old IDs in mm. certain cases. Um, 
again, it's... So it it's, seems a step forward and a couple yeah. of steps back. Well, yes and no. It's, they, they've said that, or they said long ago, um, that the, the idea of changing names wasn't just as simple as flicking a switch and everyone be able to change their names. Um, and if you understand coding, if you understand internet in- infrastructure, if you understand servers and anything like that, you under you must understand how difficult it is to yeah. actually do. Um, like I say, it's not just flicking a switch and suddenly you can change your name to whatever you like. Um, and obviously, you can pe- compare it to Microsoft all you like, but Microsoft started out their infrastructure that yeah. way, whereas PlayStation didn't. I think so, in hindsight, they're probably yeah. thinking we should have done that in the first oh, place. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I wonder with PS5 and that eventually, the, whatever that's going to be called, that is just a staple and that is on that machine. Well, this is the from thing. The from, from now, all the games that are released will have... Um, but is that, that just referring to PS4 or are they not referring... Well, this is the, going on. Well, this is the thing. At the moment, they're only talking about PlayStation 4 yeah. because they've only just announced that they're working on PlayStation 5, which, shocker, was always going to But the, the way the infrastructure works is that, retroactively, it's a lot difficult yeah. to change things that have already happened. Going forwards, any of the games, if you change your name, it's going to work with it. Yeah. But they can't, they can't really go back and change stuff in from games previous that game. are not their so it'll just games. be your um, like trophies will be under your old name I'd assume and then, then yeah quite possibly they, 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 be, that's not the end of the world a lot of things is, is it's a little bit vague because they've literally only announced it in the last week or so yeah. so it's sort of jumping down um jumping down Sony's throats and going, well, what about this? What about that? How come this is going to work? What's going to happen with this? It, it's very much a case yeah. of, well, we need to wait and see because they've only just really announced it. Yeah. Um, and until they start putting it into practice, yeah. it's 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 not going to be completely evident as to how no. it's going to go. I think this is Sony's sort of tack of now sort of building goodwill with their player base with the mm-hmm. whole Fortnite and the cross-play thing, which they've kind of reverted yeah. back onto. Um, and their arrogant statements about well it's you know it's um, the best place. It's best place to play and then even a lot of um, PlayStation players were saying hang on Sony hang on. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's a bit arrogant in terms of that so I think this is a good way of trying and with Microsoft now making some really power, strong moves with potentially buying Obsidian um, in the future and their mm. new cloud gaming yeah. the service yeah Microsoft are looking to the next generation already and thinking yeah. well, how do we get ahead. And I think at this rate, Microsoft will lead the next generation ahead yeah. of Sony um, at the rate they're going. So I think Sony is starting to think, right, we've got to, th- what things can we do? What have players asked for? Mm. This is one massive thing they've asked for. Um, so let's try and do that. So at the end of the day, like if you haven't got it on previous trophies, that's not, to me, it will be an issue. Your name's still going to be changed on your console, I'd assume, on your profile. Yes. Yeah, regardless. Um, so I've heard two things about that. Um, it, it says that when an online ID is changed, the option to display the previous ID alongside the new one will be available to oh, help okay. your friends recognise you. Once decided, you won't be able to switch between showing not showing your old ID. So if you have a horrible old um, PlayStation name um, <laughs> and you decide to show it alongside your new PlayStation name, you cannot turn that off. Right, so okay. you will always be Maddie. Slash, 
I don't know. Whatever I can't, you I can't think of something. And is it, um, so is it like Microsoft a free change and then you pay for your next one? If you'd let me get that sorry, far in sorry. the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's initially going to be part of the PlayStation preview program mm-hmm. um, and will be available to selected users that are pre-registered as testers for previous PlayStation system software betas. Users will be able to change their online ID as many times as they like, with the first change being completely free, Good. and any change after that being, uh, it's in US dollars, but nine ninety nine. Um, however, for PlayStation Plus members, it's only four ninety nine. So if you pay for PlayStation Plus, it's obviously half the price. Um, and like I said before, the the ID changes are compatible with PS4 games originally published after April 1st. Um, but a large majority of the most played PlayStation 4 games that were released before the... Oh, no. Um, there is a small minor, majority... Uh, yeah. There is a so, small mon- minority of games that won't be able to, but a large majority of the most played ones will be okay. compatible. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's not guaranteed that all applications and games will be supporting this system. Yeah, but it's a good step. It's a step in the right direction. Let's yeah. just see how that pans out. It'll be interesting, obviously, next year when it goes to every user, mm. um, how that works and how people find that. But at least there's an option now. Yeah, and it's not like completely sort of ring fenced off. So good on Sony for doing that. I know when we were watching the kind of funny Greg Miller and that, uh, yeah. had a big acceleration because they've been Greg Miller in particular has been really championing, championing this yeah. for years. So um, you know it's a victory for for um, players of uh, PS4 players definitely. Yeah. So the beta for this is sched- scheduled to conclude at the end of November. End of November. Okay. So sort of January, so, February, yeah. might then see. So, yeah, yeah. Good. That's that one. Um, we spoke briefly about Destiny, so they've yeah. officially revealed the details for Destiny 2's spooky-themed Festival of Ooh. the Lost, which, if you don't know, is what their Halloween festival is every year. They deck the tower out in decorations, you get funny masks that you can wear on your head <laughs> um, instead of your helmet, so you can look like an engram or was there one where the you, bad guys. Did I, when I played it once, was a pumpkin? Did I have a yeah, pumpkin on my head? That was the, it. I remember doing that last year. Heads, yeah, yeah, that's it, jack-o'-lantern. Um, you get boxes of raisin for merit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, so it will kick off on October 16th, so for those of you that are clever, that's next Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, or I don't know when it's to be released. So, um, the event will focus, which I'm really happy about this, um, now if you played original Destiny you'll know who this person is, if you haven't, or you're, you're just is there any spoilers not so inclined. No, no, no. Spoilers mm. for the beginning of Destiny okay, 2. Okay, so you haven't played Destiny 2. Um, so in original you, Destiny, if you remember, there was a character called Eva Levante. Mm-hmm. Eva Levante was in the original tower where you went to her and you could buy shaders. Okay. She has been missing since the Red Legion came and destroyed right. the original tower. She never returned to the new tower. Um, and the event is going to focus on Eva Levante having gone missing in the wake of the in-game events that saw the um, that saw um, the Red Legion raise the last city. Okay. Um, as well as the events of Forsaken, which I won't quite mention because if you haven't seen any of the trailers, there's a massive spoiler that I nearly read out there. Okay. <laughs> um, 
in originally Festival of the Lost in years gone by, Eva Levante was the one that did it. Right. Um, in Festival of the Lost lore, Amanda Holiday is decorating the tower for the season to help everyone remember the lost and celebrate their continued fight. Okay. So obviously, um, Eva Levante having gone missing and Amanda Holiday being one of my favourite characters. Mm. Um, so the biggest addition to this is um, called The Haunted Forest. Mm. Um, it's a Horde-style mode. gives players 15 minutes to progress as far as possible in the Haunted Forest, wiping out as many ghouls and demons as possible along the way. Um, the Haunted Forest grows increasingly difficult the further players progress in each run. The mode can be tackled solo or in a group with either a pre-made team or through matchmaking. Um, and there will also be a new quest line um, beginning the 30th of October, which will offer players a new powerful reward each week. I nearly, again, read out some spoilers there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Festival of the Lost will have new trans, daily bounties, um, and as well as um, a new horror story legendary auto rifle. Um, and yes, there's, there's there's all sorts of extra stuff. Um, um, so yeah, brilliant. That'll be quite fun to play through. Cool. Um, this one is a little bit obvious, but yeah. I thought I'd add it to the list okay. as well. So I, I mean, I've got no excitement for this game at all. No. But Call of Duty Black Ops Four, um. The Easter eggs will not activate until after the game launches. Okay. So there are Easter eggs in the zombies mode. Mm -hmm. um, but because obviously some people are getting review copies early and yeah. things like that, um, the Easter eggs in that will not go live until... Oh, until after avoid spoilers. Wanted, yeah. uh, it's... It's um, launched on October 12th, which means that it's a level playing field for all players, so they can play, find them as a community. Mm. Um, so Yeah, I've got no interest in Blackout. The only bit I'm interested in, and I hope they won't, but it'd be nice if they released the Blackout mode, the sort of Battle Royale as a oh, separate yeah. mode. I'd pay like 20 quid for that, because I'm hearing really, really good things. I'm hearing it's actually the, probably the best Battle Royale game out there at the moment. Yeah. Um, Blackout is really, really good. It's just a shame. It's you have to pay sixty quid just to play one mode. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I think I'll give that one a miss. Yeah. Um, talking of spoiling things. Yeah. <laughs> um, a list of rumored trophies and achievements for Red Dead Redemption Two has leaked on PSN profiles by a user on Wednesday night. There are allegedly fifty-one achievements and trophies, fifty-two including PlayStation Platinum. And the list contains trophies that are rumoured for both single player as well as the Red Dead Online. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read them out no, because yeah, they could we'll be spoilers for you. Um, however, they have not actually been confirmed as the real trophies. Mm -hmm. um, you can go online if you want the to read bloke, them yourself. I forget his name. The guy that leaked it, it has a pretty good track record because he leaked the trophies for um, Assassin, the new Assassin's Creed and Tomb Raider and they were correct. So yeah. it'd be in So it says the user who leaked the trophy list said they're not a video game reviewer nor do they receive press preview yeah. copy the of chat, the game right? and therefore are not entitled to an NDA, yeah. which is how they've got around the leak. 
Um, he's also, like you say, released um, leaked trophy lists in the past for popular yeah. games. Um, obviously, people review copies will have been sent out oh, or yeah. will be being sent out as They'll we speak. Yeah. Um, with it being so close and to and this game, game is is in warehouses and people have got stock of it, so it's very easy for someone to get hold of a copy. Yeah. Uh, most likely, it tends to happen in like Saudi Arabia and places like that where copies get sold really early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like um, with a game this big, um, there's a lot of comments like, oh, "Why wasn't it announced? Why didn't it? Why didn't they announce it's gone gold?" Rockstar never do that. They don't feel the need to. They mm-hmm. they did it for GTA Five because it leaked really early and they yeah. were concerned about spoilers. So they just said, "Yeah, the game's gone gold. It's out there now. Just stay off the internet if yeah. you want to avoid spoilers." They haven't done that this time for Red Dead. Um, but yeah, that game is. It got rated by the ESP or ESR, mm. and they never rate games unless they've played the game. Yeah. So and the final copy of the game with no things to be added on. Now another thing, I don't think you've got it on there. Mm. There was a couple of weeks ago they said the download size of this game or the install oh, yeah. is 105 gigs. Yeah. Apparently now it's, I think it's the same leaker said it's actually 50 gigs with wow. a three gigabyte patch. That How he knows sense. about the three gigabyte patch, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the fifty gig makes a lot of sense. I mean, it could still be more than that. Yeah. Um, Gears of War's like hundred odd gig at the moment to install. Gears of War four, yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me. And this is a massive game, so. Uh, but fifty gig sounds a bit more feasible and yeah. practical and and believable yeah. than one hundred and five. Um, and then the last story on my list is yeah. a game close to my heart. As mm-hmm. everyone knows, that I regularly play Pokemon Go. <laughs> um, and still I'm playing it. That should have been one of my games that I was oh, yes. on my list. I caught an Alolan Executor today, you know, oh. the ridiculously tall ones. Oh, okay. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? I haven't seen it. I'll show you. No. Okay. Um, so, um, a few weeks ago there was um, a mythical Pokemon called Meltan um, that kept appearing on everyone's nearby lists and every time you tried to catch it it turned into a ditto mm-hmm. then they released that the professors were working on finding out about it you know you know yeah pokemon go law here <laughs> we're getting into the weeds of it um so on the official pokemon let's go website through a series of vid- videos involving kanto regions professor oak and pokemon go's professor willow um mel Meltan can only be caught using a mystery box or tra- obtained through trading Pokemon from Pokemon Go and the upcoming Pokemon Let's Go game on Switch. Mm-hmm. Though the specific date hasn't been mentioned, new special research quests will be coming to Pokemon Go this winter to let players catch Meltan after participating, participating in very various investigations with Professor Willine. I mean, I've still not finished my new one, let alone the <laughs> Sel- is it Selby one. I don't know. Uh, okay. Might be yeah. pronouncing that wrong. To then also have this one. I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's just too many, Professor Willow. You need to slow down. Um, it suggested that Meltan will have at least one evolution, perhaps obtained through catching multiple Meltan, though the video only shows a shadowy allusion to this. Okay. Um... There is rumour that this is leading to the next evolution right. being released because we have three on Pokemon Go currently, um, and there is rumour that a fourth one will be released right, of, yeah. alongside Let's Go. Um, however, they did originally say that in Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, only the Kanto region 
are actually in the game. Right. So uh, this okay. is real confusing. Yeah, that is a bit. But, yeah. you know, we'll see. Hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, good. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. So that's, that's my game. Anyway. And it was... um. Oh, that Ghostbusters game wasn't that, oh, you can yeah. pre-register for that now can't you I think. you can now yeah. pre-register for Ghostbusters World which Fantastic. is I believe also by Niantic, Niantic. Oh, okay. um, so it, it is very similar to Pokemon Go yeah. you go around you catch ghosts it's got there a is... story mode to it as well which yeah, sounds it's... quite interesting um, well, there's technically a story to Pokemon Go. You've just yeah. heard some of the lore. So. Yeah, but I don't think it's as obvious as, yeah, say, this no. um, Ghostbusters one is going to be. It probably won't run on my phone anyway. Ghostbusters one, which would be very disappointing. Mm. Uh, right, um, I've got some movie news. So, uh, recently announced, and this is quite exciting, James Gunn is in talks. Well, now he's confirmed he's writing um, Suicide Squad 2, but he may also direct Suicide Squad 2. So, goodbye Marvel, hello Warner Brothers. So, director, this is coming from Screen Rant. So, director James Gunn is in talks, well, uh, since this story's been written, I think it has been updated. Yeah, so mm. he's going to write Suicide Squad, while also he's being eyed to direct um, Suicide Squad. Uh, Gunn helped launch the cosmic side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe through his two Guardians of the Galaxy movies and was on track to finish up his trilogy. However, Disney fired Gunn over old, controversial tweets. So, we've covered that quite extensively on previous podcasts. Um, but it's interesting DC have now nabbed him I know after he was fired from Disney there was a lot of talk about multiple studios trying to get Gunn under their wing essentially Mm. Um, so it looks like Warner Brothers have done that I think that's good for Warner Brothers I think they need a new you know a new new writer and someone to really improve the writing of their films Suicide Squad I didn't like at all it was a bit of a dud I didn't it was I mean, this is what I was saying to you the other day because I we both have seen Venom. Yes. And it's well, I've only seen it. (laughs) Um, I think it's very much a case of we're expecting too much from superhero movies these days. Um, and I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, and I was saying about how um the the it's very comparable to westerns back in the day, so it's all the rage to have superhero movies out and about now and having and we're keeping them all, we're trying to hold them all to this incredibly high standard that marvel has set and it's, it's i think we're expecting too much for them they're not supposed to be this high work of art they are just but i think with venom even mike called it mike said this film's gonna be bad and it was like yeah it wasn't i don't think it was as bad as well i generally think it like a four I'd say it's for me. It's more of a six if I was to sort of scale it on that scale. Yeah. Six and a half maybe. Um, the story is complete trash. Uh, it makes no sense. It's totally it all. Uh, it's totally all over the place. But it is saved by a fantastic performance from Tom Hardy uh, mm. and his interplay with him and Venom. So oh, yeah. with a sequel, that can definitely be explored more. And I think just improve your storytelling. It, um, I read Rom review and I kind of agree with it. It feels like a film from two thousand and three, like it doesn't feel like yeah. a film from now. And I feel it definitely had. There was obviously maybe not behind the scenes drama, but I think there was a lot of. Um, they didn't know where they were going to go with this character and just kind of went with um, whatever you know in yeah. the direction that they went in. But yeah, I mean, watching it a second time again, still felt some of the editing was a bit just from a yeah. um 
from that that kind of side. So the the SWAT team scene is really badly put together and cut, and it's almost like they're trying to hide some of the special effects, which is a shame because in yeah. some places Venom looks awesome, but in some like shots he looks terrible. So I think there's obviously an issue with budget and possibly time. And it may feels like it was a slightly rushed movie, possibly, just to get it out there. Obviously banking on what happened yeah. with Homecoming. And it feels like the Homecoming had more input from Marvel, even though it was a Sony property, well, yeah, they, I mean, than they, Venom they, did. They so. said all along that that was the case. They they were more much more interested in um, Spider-Man than they were in... Um, in any of the other ones, yeah. so I'm not I'm not really surprised by that at all. And I think with Venom, like the way uh, they set it up near the end, so stay for the post the first post credit scene. Don't stay for the last one, which I did, and then realised it wasn't even anything to do with Venom, yeah, <laughs> whatsoever. Um, because it, it does set it up really well for a sequel. Yeah. And I think they haven't greenlit a sequel yet. It's all based on how much money it makes. But at the moment, it's breaking. It broke like the Wednesday or the uh, on the Friday record in America. Yeah. In terms of it made like eighty million, which is quite a huge amount. Yeah. The only problem it will have is if it starts to dive nosedive off a cliff, and doesn't make any more money from now onwards. Yeah. That's where Sony might decide not to. But I really hope they put a bit more faith, and they do support a sequel because I think it. Unlike Fantastic Four, which was just bad. Yeah. Um, this deserves another chance or another go at it yeah. um, with the villains they set up in the in future movies I think we could have a really good Venom movie mm. uh, going forward and somehow I don't know how they do it get Spider-Man in there somehow I think that would be very difficult to they do can't the, do it the now. way that they the way that it's set up because obviously um, Spider, Spider-Man is is now a joint Marvel Sony property yeah. and Marvel aren't going to let Sony put it in a film that Marvel have no creative control over. But they lose that after the third Spider-Man film. Yeah. So Sony but will is probably. But Venom, is Venom going to survive three? <laughs> Maybe not. He signed, Tom Hardy signed on for three, but they sign these actors on for three movies all the time. Um, I mean, the only so... other thing I'll say regarding Venom is that um, I saw I saw something on the internet, and it rings true even with yourself. Is that People keep slamming Venom and saying that, oh, this is bad, that's terrible, this isn't good. And they're still going and seeing it two, three, four times. I'd see it it with them. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things. It's like, it's, yeah. The guy I saw it with, he's um, a huge Venom fan. He liked, again, the interplay between Mm -hmm. Tom Hardy. I said to to him, did it do justice to the character? In a sense, it did. Yeah. But in another way, it didn't. To what he read in the comics, yeah. So definitely better than Spider-Man Three and their version of Venom, which was yeah. which wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend seeing it, just even if it's out of curiosity, yeah. because the more people that see it, the bigger chance it gets to get a sequel. And like I said, I think it definitely deserves that sequel, and to see where they can go with the story and take the character, and see what Tom Hardy can do with it. Um, there was a lot of that. Um, Tom Hardy was saying that thirty minutes of his favorite stuff was cut, yeah. and he kind of re sort of clarified what he meant by that was as an actor you record so much footage mm. and you yeah, you want to see it all in the film but that's yeah. never going to happen logically so um, he's definitely more excited to do a third one so, or a second one sorry mm. so I, fingers crossed um, that they get that, that chance because like I say it wasn't terrible but it definitely wasn't um, as good as it could have been yeah. um, the way they set a sequel up then there's definitely potential for it to be good um, but yeah, uh, going back to James Gunn. So at the moment he's writing, 
fingers crossed he directs. The only spanner in the works that he may not direct, there was a, story, a report recently, Jared Leto. So if they want Jared Leto in the sequel, he is very adamant he refuses to work with Gunn in terms of if Gunn was directing the movie. Doesn't mind if Gunn's writing it, because he's not you know, necessarily going to be on set. I think in the past there's been a lot of sort of back and forth between them, yeah. where Gunn has like really sort of ripped into Jared Leto. <laughs> And vice versa. I'm not surprised because Jared Leto is. Um, no, I'm thinking of Johnny Depp. Don't Johnny worry. Depp. No. <laughs> Carry on, forget me. And I think it was uh, also Jared Leto. I don't think liked the tweets and took sort of them quite personally in some respects. So I think that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe they can bury the hatchet and we'll get him directing. Uh, going on to some more superhero news, Brie Larson has signed a seven-picture deal with Marvel Studios. So, Brie Larson's contract for Captain Marvel is for a whopping seven movies. Marvel Studios created the biggest shared universe over the last ten years, and believe it or not, they're only just still beginning. Avengers 4 will end the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it, as several mainstays of the franchise will be ushered out. As sad as this may be for many, it will allow for newer heroes like Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Spider-Man, and Captain Marvel to be the new faces. Captain Marvel in particular is being touted as the one who will lead the entire movie forward, um, even, uh, sorry, yeah, with her first appearance with Captain Marvel, and then she'll be back in Avengers 4 next mm. uh, next year as well. Um, so audiences will quickly get to know Carol Danvers and witness her unprecedented power levels. These two appearances will be far from her last, though, as it's never revealed her contract. Is... So, yeah, seven movies, which makes sense. I think um, Johnny, no, I don't know if Johnny does, but I'd say Johnny Depp then. Um, Oh, why the name's just gone blank? Didn't Nick Fury sign on for like, Yeah, that's 13. it. Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson, yeah, he signed 13. on. So, yeah, I it mean, makes it, sense. It, it makes sense, and it's not really surprising, because, I mean, two of those movies are next year, so... Yeah, and then there'll be probably three in her contract for Captain Marvel, a trilogy. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, and then just continue on the Marvel... Uh, news, the Disney-Fox deal will close early next year. So, the major merger is coming together faster than anticipated and will now officially be completed on January the 1st, 2019. So, we will then find out what the 7 billion, 71 billion Mm. that Disney paid for is actually going to get. So, um, interesting news. We should hear more about that next year. And then I wonder, I don't know how he's... Potentially, they could, I guess, put an Easter egg or a little credit scene at the back of Avengers 4 that links it to... might be too early for that. I think, but yeah, I think what I will think more likely happen early. is Comic-Con next summer, if this deal is finalised as early yeah. as January, is when they do that whole... Because they haven't done this for a while. Here's the next 10 years of Marvel. Yeah. And we start to see Fantastic Four logo come up and, yeah. and uh, X-Men logos come up. So that will be very interesting. Um, but I think it's still got to go through a few things before it's finalised, but... It's very close now. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp is going to be back in Fantastic Beasts 3. He's confirmed. This to be... is where Johnny Depp's been hiding. Uh, you there know. you go. That's why we've been talking Johnny Depp. Um, so he will um, be back in the third Fantastic Beasts movie. There was obviously a lot of controversy surrounding Johnny Depp recently with his personal life. Um, and, but it's interesting that um, they're going to keep, keep him on for more films. I think he's got more of a role in the next one anyway so it doesn't probably play Grindelwald who is the, the movie's called Crimes of Grindelwald yeah so he's going to be in it yeah. they, I know they kept him out of a lot of the early trailers because of what was going on 
in his personal life they keep him oh, keep gosh, a low key. Yeah. They did a similar thing with the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie when he was having some other things going on. They kept him out of like a couple of the first few trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he can get himself together and uh, because he's a bloody good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we will see what happens with that. I did wasn't really a Harry Potter fan, but I did like the first Fantastic Beasts. So, so I've never seen Fantastic Beasts, really and good. I've not read the book either. And it's and actually like it was only like an insert type thing. It wasn't a proper book. But yeah. um, in terms of the Harry Potter books, I've got the first three audio books, and I've listened to the first one three times now in about two three months, maybe not even that. Um, I I mean I'm quite the Harry Potter fan. Um, and my concern with um, Fantastic Beasts is that it's not going to live up to my expectation and I still just haven't got around to watching it. Everyone no. says the first one's fantastic, but I'm just a bit concerned that it's sort of milking the universe in the wrong mm. way. The only thing I'd, my concern with the future movies is the same director for all five. So there's going to be no, like, from a visual point of view, it's going to be the same... So will that get stale? Whereas I guess with the, what's good about the Harry, po- Harry, the Harry Potter films is you have distinctive styles for a lot of the movies, especially yeah. the third one, Prison yeah. of Azkaban, which was a sort of a darker look at. Um, so it's interesting they decided to keep the same director. So yeah. we will see. Uh, next story. So Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who scores record-breaking ratings and reviews. Now, I haven't seen the latest episode of Doctor Who because I've Me promised either. Mike that we'll watch it together when he's back next week. But, um, yeah, it's got the highest... I think it's got the highest... It had the highest... Yeah, so following an extended break, Doctor Who returned this week to the strongest premiere ratings for a new Doctor and some of the best reviews in the TV series Modern Run. In addition to introducing Jodie Whittaker's latest incarnation of the regenerating Time Lord, known as the Doctor, not to mention, of course, the first woman ever to play the role, the uh, Doctor Who season 11 premiere titled The Woman Who, the Woman Who Fell to Earth officially moved the show from a traditional Saturday time slot to a Sunday time slot, um, uh, so it's uh, the series cast and airtime aren't that all, hasn't changed since Peter Capaldi ended his run of the 12th Doctor in 2017 Christmas special Twice Upon a Time Doctor New is now being run by Chris Chimble who previously worked alongside Whitaker on the crime drama Broadchurch have you ever seen Broadchurch? I've never seen it's fantastic it's really good uh, he took over as head writer the only thing I might mention this on the podcast last week mm-hmm. um Chris uh, Crimble did direct in it one of the worst episodes of Doctor Who in the previous series. Yeah. So he was like, oh, it was like the worst episode ever, so I'm a bit concerned. But it looks like his concern is not needed because this this episode um, scored very well in terms of reviews and actually got 88.2 million viewers in the show's new time slot. So that's quite a, a jump. So yeah, that's comparing that. The better, the best rating since David Tennant. Yes, it is. David Tennant got seven point one yeah. million viewers, and then Matt Smith was six point eight. So, yeah, so it's good. Mm. Um, so we'll see. I will share. Me and Mike will definitely. Mike will most likely will share his views on the new Doctor Who. Wants. I think we're going to watch the first three episodes back to back because it'll be the third one when he comes back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be really good. So yeah, Doctor Who back on track, and no worries that they changed the gender of Doctor Who, which was completely right. silly. All the um, 
the uproar with that, and I know, you know, it's an alien, so does it really matter no, <laughs> what no. gender it is? Now, Bond was very interesting because the producers of Bond have said it will, they will never change the gender yeah, of Bond, which makes yeah. more sense because it was written, the way it was written is very different to Doctor yeah. Who, so, yeah, it makes sense that he will stay as, as a man. Um, whereas Doctor Who, yeah, it's nice that they're changing it up, and it sounds like she's the best Doctor yeah. in a while. I know there was one guy on the Kind of Funny group said... Mm. He thinks she's better than David Tennant mm. and Matt Smith and yeah. Peter Capaldi. So it's um it's a good start, and I think she's only signed on for one series. So let's hope, fingers crossed. I mean, it's, it's one of those on. things, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, she she might be waiting to see how audience react to yeah, her before she says, "Oh, so I'll stay so good. for more." And also, who was the, who was the, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, and also obviously, not only that, what else is she gonna be offered, right? She might not want yeah. to commit to certain recording time frames if she's got other things going on. Yeah. Seems everything's going normally lock them in for more, but yeah. But yeah. fingers crossed that um, there will be more if this is as successful as it is. Or does Doctor Who need a break after this? Because it's been. I don't know. I mean, I, I forget that it even exists sometimes. <laughs> I never watched any of the Peter Capaldi ones. I think I saw a few Matt Smith. Yeah. I stopped watching about David Tennant, to be honest. So it came back in 2005, was when it came back, after a break <laughs> of like 30 yeah. odd years, well, maybe 20 years actually. Um, and that was with oh, Christopher. 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 He was good, but yeah, he did one but, season. I mean, he was, of... he was the 11th Doctor, was he not? Yeah, they kind of so, skimped over some story beats there and changed the lore a little bit. But if he was the 11th Doctor, yeah. that means that the original run was 10 Doctors long. Yeah. So we've still got a while before fatigue really should happen. Well, no, I mean, Doctor Who's been around 50 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the original run only lasted, what, 1960. No, it might be more than that then. It might be 30 odd years. Oh, no. It was 1960, I think it started, or something like in the 60s. Either so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, like I say we'll share our views of that, those first few episodes uh, once we've seen them. But yeah, mm. it's. I know IGN, I think, gave it like an 8. So they really yeah. liked it. So we will see. Um, so that's really the end of the news. So, like I say, um, this recording may go up a little later because I've got to work out how to get it off my phone and through my laptop and it might have to go through Mike's laptop because his laptop hopefully works mm. <laughs> if I can't fix mine in time uh, but it will go up so I do apologise for any sort of sound issues with it or anything like that there probably won't like say be any of the, the news music or the intro music on this this podcast but um, when we record next we'll be recording off Mike's laptop so it will be fine yeah. um, fingers crossed uh, in terms of other housekeeping news so we are two weeks from Friday we're recording this on Thursday so two weeks tomorrow uh, till Red Dead Myself and Mike are going to do a React video, possibly, the, well, the day of Red Dead's release of our first, like, five, six hours of the game. We're just trying to clarify when it's launching, because normally games launch on midnight, don't they? they unlock at midnight, and you mm. can play from midnight. The rumour is with Red Dead, it's going to be five o'clock in the morning on the 26th, because they want a worldwide release. I think that's possibly to avoid spoilers. Um, even though the game is going to probably leak before then anyway. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if that changes. So if it does move from five o'clock... We're just going to get a good night's sleep on the Thursday and get up at 5 o'clock and play. Mike was like, oh, we'll just get up at 9. I was like, you can get up at 9. I'm getting up at 5. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably, yeah, we'll do a little React video um, probably late afternoon and post that on the YouTube channel and on Facebook. We may even do it as a Facebook Live video. 
and then record, post it later on YouTube. I mean, it'll just be like I say, a reaction to the first five hours, six, five, six hours of the game and what we've played so far. It won't be a review of, of any kind. It'll just be our reactions. And then on the following week's podcast, we'll bore Maddie to death by talking about. Um, we'll do like a little semi. It's a really hard one to review. I think a lot of these reviews are going to be reviews in progress because the game is not long, but they encourage you to take your time. So I don't know how people... I guess if you're a journalist, you've got to review it for and power through it and get it and then on your own personal copy I guess you could yeah. take your time but um, for me and Mike we're not journalists so um, we're not going to we are going to take our time in the game so it might be our review comes about four months later yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah we'll share our impressions and then we will be doing a podcast with all three of us and that will probably be on video as well as audio and that will probably be in the next couple of weeks because Mike is back on the 19th and he doesn't go away again until middle of November so um, there's a bit of time where we're all together which we can, which is, which is cool so we can do some podcasts as a group and um, we are going to look into streaming again we're just looking at the uh, we want to do it right so we want to make sure we've got the right equipment to do it properly um, the first game I think we'll probably stream We'll probably be read that online when that launches in November, so it gives us time to really get the right gear. Because I want to get, I think you have to get like video cards and stuff like that, and graphics mm. cards and stuff. So um, capture cards, some things like that. We want to do it properly. Mike's got a green screen, so we want to do that properly. So we will get into streaming. I know there was a few of my friends asking, "Are you going to start streaming games?" I said, "Yes, but I want to do it. I've tried it before, like I did with mm. Cuphead, and I just didn't have the right setup. It looked a bit unprofessional. Mm. So I want it to look, you know, we want it to look good, especially if we're doing it. It's different if you're doing it just on your own." But I think if you're doing it as part of a channel, it needs to look it needs to look good. So um, we will get into live streaming and let's plays and things like that. We'll try and do a let's play of us playing maybe Mario Party. Maybe because you've got Mario Party now. I do. It's yeah. really really it's good. It's good fun. So we yeah we'll do a let's play of that. And um, I know Mike was looking at doing some board games and stuff like that and reviewing some board mm. games. So we'll probably look at that as well. Um, so yeah, so it's exciting things coming up in the future. Um, thank you very much for listening. We will post updates on the Facebook page in terms of um the uh react video for red dead and various other things happening going forward so look out for those posts and this podcast yeah look out for this going up on the channel very soon uh, like i say apologies for any technical issues but we will be back next week well it'll be me and mike next week uh probably we're going to record next saturday so we'll record next saturday and get that out on sunday uh, and then all three of us following that podcast so It'll be more of a sort of founders podcast where we just talk about mm. everything geeky and, and nerdy as well as do the usual news bits as well. Um, so thanks very much for listening, guys, and we will speak to you all soon. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>